0: This is Irish Illustrated Insider, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, Pete Sampson spread out across the country here on Tuesday, November 30th. Brian Kelly is headed to LSU. Notre Dame is in the process of searching for a head coach. We just met with Jack Swarbrick uh, inside Notre Dame Stadium. And, um, you know, I think you have to kind of weed through some of the comments here to get a, 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 a full understanding of what. Jack Swarbrick is saying what the situation is, the whole term of interim. He doesn't want to use the term interim. Uh, it will be a, a collection uh, of of opinions and philosophy. well, not philosophies, but opinions when Notre Dame plays in their bowl game slash playoffs. But let me, I'm just going to throw it to you guys and just get a perspective, Pete, especially you, because you may be, you're on the run a little bit here today. So let's start with you and just your perspective on Jack Swarbrick. And first and foremost, where, uh, what direction you think Nordheim is ultimately going to go in order to replace Brian Kelly? Uh,
1: I thought Sorbrick um, is an, I just well, is an attorney. Um, and <laughs> I so I think that. that you, you know, you have to start with that because I think we have all talked to sources in the last 24 hours that would refute many things that Sorbrick tried to enter into the record today. Um other than, you know, Brian Kelly didn't call him until he had already made the decision to leave. Um, that's, that is 100% accurate. But I think this idea that, you know, there weren't conversations about facility upgrades and, and whatnot. I'm, you know, that, that was a bit murky on Swerbrick's part today. Um, I, you know, it's, he says the program's in the best position that's been in 14 years. I just don't I don't know how you can square that with your head coach packing up and leaving on the verge of going to the playoff. Like that's not that cannot be your strongest position in 14 years. Um so it's uh I think he's in a he's in a tough spot. I I think he needs to show more urgency privately to find the next head coach than he showed publicly today. Because if he if that's not the case, then I think there's a really good chance Marcus Freeman, who I think is is the candidate who can is a very high-risk, very high-reward candidate will will probably be Brian Kelly's D.C. at LSU.
2: And Pete, I agree with a lot of that, but I, I don't really go to that press conference for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth from Jack Swarbrick. You know, I mean, you're not going to say too many things that don't paint you in a good picture or in, in a perfect light. I think the program's in better, a lot better shape than it was when Brian Kelly came or if Brian Kelly would have left sure. out in 2012 and all those things. But yeah, there's...
1: Totally you know, agree.
2: He's the only coach to be the ESPN stats put this out. There's been 12 coaches leave a program within two years of making the playoffs. Brian Kelly is the only one that chose to leave. And Brian Kelly did it twice. Everybody else was either going on to the NFL or getting fired or show cause (laughs) concerns and things like that. So, yeah. And also there is no way the patient process that we are being, that is being presented right now, is not expedited behind the scenes. I mean, they know if Marcus Freeman is going to be a candidate, they immediately have to have Marcus Freeman involved in the process. Otherwise, Marcus Freeman is going to go to LSU with Brian Kelly. Or somewhere else for another job. Marcus Freeman is not going to sit here for the next coach, right? We all agree on that.
0: Yeah. Look, we all know that there's an open line of communication going with Marcus Freeman right now. And, And Pete, you said there needs to be urgency privately. I absolutely believe that that is the case. He he is an attorney. It's not his job to show his hand, and he wasn't going to do that today. Uh, and he he certainly didn't. I, I look at Marcus Freeman. I don't know that I say high risk, high reward. I would say risk, high reward. I, I understand the fact that he hasn't been a head coach. The two greatest, the most concerning things for me, of course, are game day decisions because we see we see head coaches across the country. At Penn State, for example, great recruiter, great communicator, decision maker on game day. And so that's a big concern. And for me, the other concern is I want to see Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame moving forward. I'm not I don't <clears throat> think that that's going to happen at this stage. um but I do think that Marcus Freeman is ultimately going to be the head coach. and I do think that there is a ton of urgency privately. Um, and I think it will I think it will be done in short order.
1: I, because I mean, my understanding is that Sorbrick has already had conversations with Freeman about it, despite what Sorbrick said today during the press conference. Um, and I, I, as much as I did get some blowback from people at Notre Dame, when I tweeted out last night, that there was a lot of momentum from decision makers behind Marcus Freeman. I 100% still believe that the, the more I make calls about that, the more sources I talk to, the more I believe it, that doesn't mean that it's going to end up that way. But um, Jack Sorbrick, even though he didn't use the R word today in terms of recruiting, he gets it. Um, he should use it and acknowledge it because um, ultimately, I think Sorbrick privately views recruiting as more and more. The more he's in this, the more he understands it's about recruiting. He can talk about development, right? but you develop Kyle Hamilton, develop Michael Mayer. That's who you need to be developing more of. You can be a development program, but if you're developing four and five star prospects, the output is going to be much closer than what to what you see at Clemson, in Alabama, and Ohio State. I
2: completely agree, but Pete, remember, there is no way he is telling the group the Notre Dame world that values Notre Dame's tradition over anything else that recruiting talent is more important to us than development of student athletes when in reality recruiting the talent is the most important thing so you can develop them as Pete says Kyle Hamilton Mayer. you have to come to this and say we are still about this this and this and then go do what you're supposed to do and we will know by the hire if he's done what he's supposed to do right and I'm not saying it has to be Marcus Freeman like I am I'm 90 percent on the, on taking the chance, the the risk reward with Marcus Freeman and the other 10%, I get the other 10% is Notre Dame as your first job is not a great first job for somebody to have. I, totally I don't know. What,
0: why would we go into this expecting full disclosure from Jack Swarbrick today? That is that in, is that in Notre Dame's best interest for him to just be in a, a completely open book today? I, I think that's, I think that's crazy. Um, you know, I, I think well, I mean,
1: he was he was much less than an open book. I mean, he he was speaking in contradictions for much of today. And we didn't
2: have, you know. It's, it's like
1: there's no coach for the bowl game right now. So I do get
2: that tell, t- kind of wondering who's going
0: to coach the team. So tell me, how would you have handled it? Athletic director Pete Sampson, how would you have handled the situation today that that Jack? I,
1: I would have used I would have used the term we're going to act with urgency. Uh, to to find the next best head coach and, and to what um, to appease like
0: the to, to appease the fans or to get the job done.
1: Well, I think that's the difference. Well, that's what I would do. I would act with urgency. That's I mean that's getting the job done. Um, look, it's
0: which is why he's in the a conference, conference which... today.
1: Ultimately, the today's press conference will get is going to get turned into the irrelevant bin as soon as the next head coach is hired. I just didn't think that. Schwarzkopf did a great job today. I thought I thought that he struggled in a very difficult situation that he did not see coming.
2: I, I think with if you just start the, I, I agree with in this perspective. If you start your comments with, we will approach this search with the urgency necessary in the modern world. But we are going to vet everything. We are going to find the right candidate. It's not going to be a knee jerk reaction. But as long as you say urgency. And then, when someone says, What's your timetable? I'm not going to give you a specific timetable because he doesn't. I, how could someone have a specific timetable about when they're naming a coach, right? Unless you know your coach. So then yep. you can start getting around it. Um, look, clearly, the longer this drags out, the worse it is for Notre Dame, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. T- time, timing is, it's like if you don't want to go with Freeman, then timing know. is is on your side. You can wait. Yes, um, yes, but yes, the, yes. the clock mostly is ticking. If Freeman is the guy that you want to go with, then you have to make a move sooner than later.
0: Um, The the only people that it's important for there to be full disclosure with are your your players and your recruits. And I have no doubt in my mind that...
2: But you can't have full disclosure with your recruits if Freeman doesn't have any idea, right?
0: What do you mean Freeman doesn't have any idea?
2: Because Freeman is going to talk to at least 15 of the recruits and have to have some type of information to give them otherwise he's lying too you don't know what I'm, you know what I'm saying like he has to be like I am in line for the job there's a couple other people in line for the job I hope to get the job if I don't then you said but then I don't know what he says if I don't you're welcome to follow me wherever I go or or Notre Dame will be a <laughs> for you I mean so I, I do think the yeah look if Freeman's not gonna be hired then you have a little bit more of a normal timetable if Luke Fickle is your goal Luke Fickle I mean he might do the right thing and not leave his team during this time right now right that's yeah, that's what everybody wanted sure. from, from from coaches all along is to do the right thing so maybe Luke Fick will be the one that does the right thing and then it's still a good hire for Notre Dame on January 2nd when they lose their playoff game but I it's a tough situation I, I tend to agree with like with Tim that there's no reason for any disclosure from Jack but I I think like as Pete said if you just would have shown even fake urgency. In the words of like, "Hey, we're getting on this. We are on this. We know there's a candidate from within without saying there's a candidate from within. Everyone knows there's a candidate from within and it is crucial and paramount to the class they have now. Whether or not that means it's the best hire for Notre Dame, I am not qualified to say, but I am positive it impacts the class of players they have right now.
0: Yeah, let's pop back to this topic, but I did want to talk about, I mean, some of the, uh, I almost got the feeling that well, I mean, it was interesting because uh, he, he, Jack Swarbrick actually said he was not surprised at the decision and indicated some restlessness on the part of Brian Kelly. Nordame was not given an opportunity to negotiate, nor do I think Nordame would have necessarily done that. Uh, you know, the 10-year, 10 10-year, 10 95 million, I mean, he's under contract for three more years of Nordame, and he was given a 10-year contract. So from that standpoint, I certainly understand Brian Kelly's decision. I think a lot of old time, uh, Notre Dame fans, you know, want their head coach to love Notre Dame and to, you know, to say what Rockney said in the movie that, uh, I'll never father, I'll never leave Notre Dame. That was not Brian Kelly. I, uh, you know, Brian Kelly never no. fully bought into, I love Notre Dame. Notre Dame was a job for him. He did a hell of a good job. And I want to, I mean, I want to state that up front. We were standing out in the cold this morning at six 30 in the morning. And some of the Reporters were like, how bad this is. And I'm like, you know when it's much worse? When they've just fired the head coach. That's when it's a hell of a lot worse. This is, this is not, it's not all good because you lost the guy. That's the architect of the success that you've had, especially the last five years.
2: Did he drop off donuts for you guys too? He did not.
0: No, he did not. No. And it was, you know, this car comes by and you look in the car and lo and behold, it's Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame 11 minutes after the meeting was to have started. Not that you expected it to be a half hour drawn no, out hug it? fest. Of course not. I I'm sure that Jack Swarbrick and Notre Dame wanted him to get in and get out and move on. And I'm sure Brian Kelly wanted to do the same thing. I I'd be curious to know. I mean, come on now, not every player showed up today, right? Did every <laughs> player show up? No, the, the,
1: the 7 a.m. meeting was a, bit uh, was an obstacle um, a, was bit, it? a bit rough i would i would like probably sit that one out if i was yeah. in order to well trust me player. trust me
0: when i tell you that there were some guys that were dragging ass on their way to the gook <laughs> this morning as they walked by in the dark you know i mean kind of uh guys in sweats and uh you know it's 35 degrees out there guys in sweats and flip-flops and <laughs> looking a little bit peaked there going going to the meeting but uh you know i i just um we knew that early on in the relationship between Brian Kelly and Jack Swarbrick it was a little it was shaky at times and i think it it grew with time it certainly grew with with time where where they where they uh, gained a respect for one another but i i you know i i get the feeling that it was almost like whew, i'm ready to turn the page on this and, and um and in some respects i get that because i was around when lou holtz left and the, and and there was this feeling i remember the expression that it was like the lid was lifted off the Joyce center. Of course they were stationed in the Joyce center. then. It was like a lid was lifted off the Joyce center and there was fresh air that came into the program after, uh, you know, after uh, all the time that, that Lou Holtz had been there and he was great. He's a legend. He's a hall of famer. Brian Kelly ultimately will be a hall of famer. I, I suspect, but there's also that, that, that feeling that man, you know, it's, it's time for a fresh start. For example, how many Notre Dame players are going to fi- f- follow Brian Kelly to LSU? Mm, I, don't I mean, Logan he, Diggs might.
2: Is his defensive coordinator going?
0: Yeah, and a lot that's of the problem. Him, I would think. You mean you mean Mike Elston?
2: No, his defensive coordinator. Oh, you mean you mean Marcus Freeman is going? Be a, I think you'll see plenty of people follow him, especially incoming freshmen and grad transfers that can go play and start for Marcus Freeman's defense at LSU for one year that would Well, I okay, I
0: asked that question thinking that Marcus Freeman's going to be the head coach in Notre Dame. So Yeah, if, if be, that if that's, that's the case, well then yeah, that's a that's a that's a different story.
1: Right. Yeah, but other than that, I, I don't think that the I mean, my understanding is like the affection for Brian Kelly, it's like the players will play hard for Reese and they play hard for Freeman playing hard for Kelly I don't think like you play for Kelly but like you play hard for your your position yeah, no, coaches and, and, your
0: and that was my and that was my point of asking the question that I think that if it is it ends up being Marcus Freeman and it probably needs to be in fairly short order based upon what you're saying Pete um I don't think you know I think that it's a pretty seamless transition and the big concern for me is the loss of uh, Mike Elston and Tommy Reese because I do I do think that Tommy Reese is developing into an incredibly dynamic play caller offensive coordinator whose communication with his players is way better than we ever anticipated based upon the personality of the the guy we knew as a player of course he was a kid and he kept to himself he was a he's the son of a coach and he understood that you keep to yourself uh, as, as a player and a coach but I think he came out of his shell and I agree that the players Play for him, and I, 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 I like his future as a coordinator. Um, you know, Mike Elston has been a tremendous, tremendous <clears throat> asset for this program, and so my two concerns are game day decision maker because you've never done it. I was a, I was a baseball guy who thought he knew everything, and you get in there on your first time you're a head coach. And your mind scrambled, and you can't make those clear decisions that are so easy when you're on the other side of the fence. And so that's the one concern, and I hate to lose those two, those two assets in the coaching staff.
1: Matt Bayless as well yeah. is a massive concern for me if I'm Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. Matt Bayless has some experience in SCC West. Notre Dame has sort, of, or LSU has sort of a long time, strength and conditioning coach Tommy Moffitt, Um, but is 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 definitely in the back nine of his career there. If not like the last, the finishing hole, Um, you know, I I know Brian Kelly has already reached out to Freeman has been aggressive with him. I believe that he's going to be aggressive with Tommy Reese and already has, I don't know that he's been as aggressive with uh, Bayless to date, but I would, if I was Brian Kelly, Um, that's a position that you need to shore up um, immediately. If you're Notre Dame, that, that, that to me would be a very significant loss almost, more than some of the position, like Mike Gelson, I think is fantastic. Great culture, guy, really good recruiter, awesome developer. To me, Bayless, I would I would put Bayless even above that no, in I hear terms you. of the essential nature to the program.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. And the concern is that if they're they're going to throw the money at, at Brian Kelly, they're certainly going to throw the money at guys like Bayless and assistant coaches. At. Oh, yeah. So are you anticipating, would you anticipate that if, Marcus Freeman is the head coach at Notre Dame. That Mike Elston is the defensive coordinator, or no? Who
1: I don't I know it's a good question. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't I don't think Elston probably has a personal appetite to relocate to Baton Rouge um, based on his personal circumstances here. Yeah. And and frankly, I think he's very well compensated at Notre Dame as well. Um, So I you know, I don't know. I don't I don't know the answers to that. I don't you know, I Bayless don't either. That's why I From the Midwest, like it. you know. You know I, I don't, I'm not sure where they go with that. It's um, I do think if it, Reese Reese to me is like probably the hardest to keep of the coaches we're talking about right now um, he is, you know, he's got so much of his career in front of him. I always thought like his next step would be the NFL, but if I'm Brian Kelly, I'm trying like hell to bump his pay 50%, get him well over a million dollars and bring him down with me. Cause i I'm with you. I, I think he's an outstanding offensive mind.
2: Yeah, I I think uh, I don't want to pay this at all as a package deal, but if you're going the seamless route of um, the new up and coming defensive coordinator, hired or promoted to be your head coach, part of the seamlessness of that would be also keeping Mike Elston to keep continuity in the program. So it makes a lot of sense for Notre Dame to focus on Mike Elston if you're keeping Marcus Freeman. and I don't mean that as a package deal at all. If they lose Marcus Freeman, Mike Elston could easily stay on and become the defensive coordinator. For I mean, it's it's a different world, of course. Or oh, the defensive line coach and associate head coach. Yeah. I just feel like if you keep Freeman, there is a pretty easy bridge to keep Elston. So that Mike Elston's not in line for Notre Dame's head coaching job. Mike Elson could be promoted, along with all of his other promotions, to Notre Dame defensive coordinator with this. So it's, it's kind of an easy transition there. And then with Reese, I mean – he is young and following Brian Kelly to LSU as the offensive coordinator for more money. That's more money. It depends on how much more money, I guess, rather than leaving Notre Dame, right? He has a lot more of a draw to Notre Dame than other talented young offensive coordinators. Yeah,
0: I just, I want, I, I wonder if Tommy Reese looks, you know, like, okay, I stay as offensive coordinator at Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman is the head coach that blocks. I mean, I guess it. it, it either way, Tommy Reese's shot at being the head coach in Notre Dame doesn't come about until Marcus Freeman fails as head coach in Notre Dame or goes to the NFL as a head coach. Uh, and he's a young guy and that could, that could take a a, a lot of time. So I, you know, I don't know. I, it certainly, um, Tommy Reese has uh, a strong connection with, with Brian Kelly. And I would imagine that LSU is in a position to, to offer him a, a, a whole lot more money. And, uh, you know, for all the people that blindly declared Tommy Reese a poor offensive coordinator, I I just I'm sorry, I don't know what you're looking at. I don't know what you're looking at when I mean if you if you're if your determination is that if a play doesn't work, it's a bad call. Well then yeah, you're gonna be pissed off throughout an entire game because there are going to be plays that don't work. But if you don't understand what a dynamic play caller is by watching this past season unfold. I don't. I don't really know what to tell you. So those people then will be happy that Tommy Reese goes to LSU.
2: I want to interject this because I think we're all on board. With, would be certainly okay if not more. I'd be more than okay with Marcus Freeman hired as Notre Dame's next coach. There's so many boxes he checks versus the couple that he doesn't, as Priester has pointed out. But it becomes dangerous when part of the decision making process and it has to come into it for Swarbrick I think is that not hiring Freeman is you also lose Freeman to LSU probably.
0: Definitely. If yeah. You're
2: getting your feet held to the fire in a way that you did not think you're going to have to have your feet held to the fire, right? It's just a Yeah. It's a it's a hard world and if you were not going to hire Marcus Freeman on January 15th, let's say you're assured that this class was the first class that said, "Man, all I care about is Notre Dame. The 20 of us are coming to Notre Dame. We don't care who our coach is. Is Marcus Freeman still your hire? You have to ask the question if you're Jack Swarbrick. If I would lose nobody from this program, if I don't hire Marcus Freeman, is Marcus Freeman still my hire? That's the hard question Jack Swarbrick can't answer, but it's a question you have to pose to yourself. Like, am I having my feet held to the fire hiring Marcus Freeman here? Or is he 1A, 1B, 1C for my job? If he is... All these things mean hire Marcus Freeman. If he's 1B, right? If he's 1B, you hire him because you keep so many yep. things intact. If he's three and your feet are being held to the fire, I don't think you hire him. If he's twice yeah,
0: three, it's like he's not three. Okay. I'm he's forward. Forward. I'm just forward saying, Luke, yeah.
2: Luke Fickle's 1. If Luke Fickle said, I want to come to Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman's like, that would be awesome. I'd like to be his defensive coordinator. Who are you hiring? Done. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so football. he's number two.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then who right. who are you who are you hiring? And this would obviously the the most important hire for Marcus Freeman as head coach would be offensive coordinator. With Tom, if Tommy Reese goes to yes, and, you know, and Luke Fickle, how much trust do you have in Luke Fickle making the right choice for offensive coordinator as head coach at Notre Dame? I mean, does he bring Mike Denbrock in? Is that is that going to is that going to provide you with a dynamic offense? that I think Tommy Reese is in the process of creating.
2: No, I, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I really, I, my point is there are reasons not to hire Marcus Freeman too. there. A reason does exist. And of course I, I'm trying to point out that there's something oh, yeah. out there. that the timing is in Marcus Freeman's favor. The threat is in Marcus Freeman's favor. And the, Oh yeah. No, I mean, the, it's so like healing is Marcus Freeman's favor.
1: I, I think that there are there are a lot of, the circumstances have to dictate something here. Um and i it, I'll be interested to sort of see if see if Swarbrick behaves that way because I think that his perspective is like Notre Dame can operate on its own timeline. Um, it's a really good to great job. Um, and there's a ton of interest from candidates to come here. Um, if you're comfortable with Fickle or Matt Campbell, then you can go down that route, and you, you can wait, you're going to take a big step back in recruiting. Um, And I think culturally your program is going to have to rebuild itself with Freeman. You can extend what's already good here now. Um, And I think that is sort of an underrated part of coaching regime changes is the multiple steps back before you take, take steps forward. And I think that would even be the case here with how good things are that you're, you're going to have to, Things are going to have to be different. You're not going to hire Matt Campbell so he can imitate Brian Kelly. You're not going to hire Luke Fickle so he can imitate Brian Kelly. You're hiring them because they're their own coaches with their own culture and their own ideas. Um, Freeman, at least, has a much different, you know, a better handle on, like, what works here and why it works here. And that, to me, is invaluable, um, even for somebody like, I mean, we saw Brian Kelly. It took him years to figure that out.
0: Yeah, I, there there is no doubt that short term. I mean, and there's nothing even close. Short term, there's no better hire than Marcus Freeman because of the the transition and the seamlessness of it all. There's there's absolutely no doubt about it. Really, that's why I say I I, I would call it risk high reward. I wouldn't call it high risk high reward because he's a great communicator. He he's a great recruiter the only concern is game day decision-making. And again, you don't really know until, you know, you get in that spot.
2: I'm glad Pete brought up and Pete has to run. I'm I'm glad Pete brought up the, uh, that it's a, it's a unique situation where you can hire a first-time coach. I kind of thought about this in the drive-in today. Marcus Freeman is a first-time coach and we know there's a lot of pitfalls to go with that, but he's a first-time coach that is, Been assimilated to a few of the things you need to know at Notre Dame. You have to experience at Notre Dame before you can know about them. Brian Kelly did not have that advantage. Marcus Freeman knows what it's like to recruit at Notre Dame, what it's like to be recruited against at Notre Dame, and what you have to do. He has that. He already has that. He has literally been in the middle of it, and he has succeeded in it. Then it becomes very difficult because being the CEO of Notre Dame, which is what Jack Swarbrick said today, there's a lot of junk that is awful about that job. And now he's going to have, if he is hired, we'll have to do it. I mean, there is so much uselessness (laughs) in terms of your on-field coaching ability that you have to do off the field. It's just a challenge for everybody. I mean, Brian Kelly was kind of a mess for two years at Notre Dame, right?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, he had real difficulty controlling his emotions during games. And yeah, it was
2: was just everything about it was like, what is this? recruiting philosophy you're using here what are you know look at the 2011 class he brought in in retrospect I know this is cruel but my god when you look back at some of those problems and I Freeman does not run into that problem he just runs but Brian Kelly for all of his ability to be a politician and a CEO and build programs he still had trouble at Notre Dame for a few years trying to kind of get built yeah, no no
0: doubt well, it that it, it the one thing you know with Marcus Freeman, there it won't be a hodgepodge recruiting wise. No, 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 no. I, so that so that that won't be repeated.
2: And as much as as much as you need a great coach to win national titles, look, the talent does it right. We know this for a fact now because they have developed well, really the, good players. The Day.
0: talent and then the relationships and the yeah. communication pulls it all together, and 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 he can do that. I'm not saying. You know, anybody that's never been a head coach, of course, there's there's risk there, but we 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 Jack Swarbrick know a little bit about Marcus Freeman. He obviously knows way more than we do. So, you know, we uh, Pete has, is is traveling and so he uh we've lost him. I wanted to I wanted to ask him who he thinks will ultimately be the head coach in Notre Dame. I, because I think he
2: I think he's intimated just on this podcast that Okay, Marcus Freeman. That it will think, be
0: Marcus Freeman.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, too, don't you? Do you? If you're going to throw a name out there, do you agree?
0: No, I, t- I totally do. Yeah. I, I I mean, I'm going to state right here that I think the same way 11, 12 years ago when Irish Illustrated stated two weeks ahead of Brian Kelly's hiring that he was going to be the head coach in Notre Dame, I believe that that – and I don't know that I feel as strongly about that because just because of the sourcing at that time. But I still strongly believe that, that Marcus Freeman is going to be the head coach in Notre Dame.
2: And I think the real question is to ask anybody is it's Marcus, Marcus Freeman or the field. You're not taking another coach over Marcus Freeman. If you're, if you're projecting the next coach, Marcus Freeman or the field, do you still think it's Marcus Freeman?
0: I do. I do.
2: Me too. But it obviously lessens it, right? It's Marcus Freeman or, yeah, a, a big, or two guys. I'm just a big you
0: That's a big crowd over there on the other crowd. side of the fence. Yeah. Now, um, and that's really where we are right now. I, I, I imagine we could go uh, a little bit further into some of the the uh, the, the stuff involving Brian Kelly and the, the exit, but I don't know that that serves any purpose. And, and frankly, I've turned the page. Yeah, we right. Yeah. I mean, we've turned we've turned the page. I, I'm I'm uh, I know a lot of Nording fans are mad at Brian Kelly. I don't have that emotion towards it. I'm I'm uh, I'm disappointed that at the end of the day, Notre Dame was, I realized it was a long step, but it was a stepping stone to something even greater, but that's the world that we live in. And we knew that Brian Kelly was not, he didn't love Notre Dame. I, that, I guess maybe no longer is that the, the prerequisite to have success at Notre Dame. And so he's moved on. And And I, you know, now to me, the only thing that matters is, a speedy process, and and again, I don't think I don't think that the lack of full disclosure on the part of of Jack Swarbrick is is necessarily revealing anything. I think it's going to be Marcus Freeman. I think it will will be done in in fast enough time that the uh, that the recruiting class will. I don't know if it'll be completely intact. I can't say that, but I think. Exactly what they have is ultimately basically what they're going to, to, to bring into Notre Dame.
2: I want to circle back to I think we should we should touch on the Brian Kelly exit a bit. Um, but I, I think Notre Dame fans should be mad and offended at what Brian Kelly did. And then I think Notre Dame fans should also be rational and realize that he was ready for a change and he's getting more money and he was ready for a new challenge and he wanted to go. And you should grow up and live with it. I get, but I get being mad, right? I mean, I get it. What you want your coach? I don't care that it's not He's shown you that he could do this. I did not think he was going to leave. I want full, I don't want to act like the guy that's. What are you surprised by? I am shocked. As of twenty four hours ago, I am shocked. Okay, but this has been shown before that he may leave someday, <laughs> and he may next year on Sunday morning check his phone to see if Notre Dame won. Okay. He doesn't love Notre Dame the way you love Notre Dame. He loved Notre Dame more than you did while he was there because it was serving his purpose. And I get it. And he was a great coach for Notre Dame Fell just short. I'd love to see Notre Dame play against Brian Kelly next year. I think it would be the highest theater, but it's not because I'm bitter at Brian Kelly. I just think it would be awesome to watch. I also think the football gods owe Notre Dame one and three teams need to lose this weekend because Notre Dame in the playoff would be the funniest thing that's ever happened to a coach (laughs) running out the door away from his team. Marty Gilliard tried to warn us, Tim, 12 he years did. ago. And he absolutely did. Was, oh, Cincinnati. That's so cute. And so, and well, and, and so that's
0: why that's why what happened is something that we always knew deep down could happen, yes. right? Yes. Are, so are we surprised? Are we surprised? Yes, of course. Absolutely, there's surprise. But deep down, we always knew that Brian Kelly would choose, could make a decision like this, would choose himself over Notre Dame and everything else, and it's his life in his family, in his career, yeah. and he's entitled to that. And I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, no statue. Brian Kelly should have a statue at Notre Dame someday. He ooh, earned it ooh, while ooh, he was ooh. here.
2: I have a disappointment on that one. I have a disagreement on that one. We can do a three-two-one video on that later when we have nothing to write about in June, Tim. That'll be our good. <laughs> uh, you- but- I don't know But it
0: didn't happen. It, it didn't no, it did. what
2: what. It, okay, was well, the statue before a title. I guess I guess I was thinking he had to win a title.
0: But, I, no, I know that that comment's going to. I, I, I realize that everything that's been set up to this point that a lot of ruined, people are just going, going to. Yeah, <laughs> it's just going to be focused on that, and and that and that's fine. But you know, you can't cancel what Brian Kelly accomplished at Notre Dame. That's my only point. That okay. you can't cancel. It. He's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history, and and I don't I don't want to. But,
2: you know what? But, Ironically, you can cancel it by removing asterisks if you really want to be petty. Because yeah. then he's not. Well, the and doing.
0: as we've seen, statues are removed all across yeah. the country. So maybe this one will never be put up, and and that's fine. Whatever. I'm just saying. I, you know, we're a lot of people are upset with Brian Kelly. I'm not upset with Brian Kelly. I'm disappointed that what I suspected about him was true, um, but. He did a hell of a job in Notre Dame. He didn't win a national title. Had he won a national title, the viewpoint would have been a lot different because all it takes is one. I know. I lost two state championship games, and, and, and retired, one would have been great.
2: Had, had he retired for two years, gone to the TV, and gone to LSU, it would be taken differently too.
0: Of course. No of trouble. course. And I and I understand the Notre Dame fans' anger. I'm, I'm not discounting that. But I also recognize uh, that this program is in a much better situation, like I said this morning to people, if you think this is bad, trust me, it's much worse when we're standing out here because they fired the head coach.
2: Yeah, and uh, as far as how he left with the text messages and all that, it's really hard not to leave that way because you're showing your hand when you don't do what you're supposed, you've are you told everybody you're going to be doing all week when you're recruiting out there. I think it's tough to go to recruits
0: home. That's what and I have. I have a real I have a big problem, problem with, with that, that
2: because all he had to do is not go to the recruits home. You literally just have to not go. Where's coach Kelly? Uh, you know what? He's you can lie for him. He's not feeling well, or, you know, he told us he couldn't make it. I don't know what that is, but let me talk to you. Like it's hard to go in the recruits home and do that. Not telling your assistant coaches and ghosting them is very difficult. Um, not telling Jack Swarbrick, everybody at home right now, tell me if you're going to go tell your boss that you're looking for a better opportunity.
0: Yeah, No, I get that. Not communicating with your coaches is tough. And then going into a recruit's house and acting like nothing is different and then walking out of there and at that point being told, I guess, by your representation that, okay, we're good. It's done. um, That's disingenuous. But, again, it goes back to why we always believed that something like this could happen. And that may be – that could be true of Marcus Freeman as it relates to Ohio State down the road. We don't know. We don't don't know that. It it certainly – it certainly would and could be true with Luke Fickle. I, yeah. I never thought Notre Dame would be a stepping stone, but the precedent has been set and it can happen again. It probably will happen again if, you, if Notre Dame has a coach that has extreme success.
2: And I think we should offer that our next podcast this week, we will take questions and that will actually help. Yes. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Our discussion on this. We'll yeah find- I
0: thought it was, I thought it was yeah. best today that we just hash this out And and of course, between now and Thursday, we will have another podcast on Thursday. There will be so many more layers to this. I mean, just think about how many more layers there have been since seven o'clock last night when we were told Brian Kelly's flying back from California to South Bend, and there will be an announcement on Tuesday that you know he's staying. And it da 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 da. It it within ninety minutes, the story had changed completely, and I would imagine within the next forty eight hours. Not not quite as dramatically as that, but there will be some different layers added to this.
2: I want to reiterate, I want to try to speak <laughs> the rational Notre Dame alum, the football gods owe us a favor, and there'd be nothing better than Brian Kelly watching Notre Dame in a playoff game this January. So <laughs> I'll throw that out there. That is the extent of my bitterness. That's it. I just think it would be poetic justice, and it it'll be the only time ever America is rooting for Notre Dame out of spite. <laughs>
0: Good point, and hey, if you don't want the statue, that's fine with me. <laughs> that's that's fine. Okay. All right. well, uh, that's it. Again, we will uh, we'll have a podcast on Thursday, December second as we enter the month of December. Maybe we'll we'll know who the head coach is by by that time. That is possible. Uh, I don't know how likely, but that no, is that. Yeah, that 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 is uh, that that's possible. But we'll have more, we'll have more to talk about on Thursday, and then, of course, as always, except for today, we'll take questions from our readers. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. This has been Irish Illustrated Insider.
2: Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com support. Your
1: support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.